You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What if John Constantine from DC Comics was the professor of the dark arts at Hogwarts in the wizarding world of Harry Potter? You guys know, once a month, we let you vote what next month's what if question will be. This month, you guys voted on a doozy. So we needed three of us to put together our heads what little knowledge we have of John Constantine and Hogwarts to come up with our theories of what we think would happen. Guys, this is Systematic Geekology. We are the Priest of the Geeks. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Noel, also co-host of the Whole Church Podcast. I'm joined by the other, the greater, the the voice of podcasting himself, the other host of the Whole Church Podcast, TJ Tiberius <laughs> on Blackwell. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. And... And the 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 newest, the newcomer, um, when you're playing Smash Bros, you get excited because the newcomer is always so much cooler than the old characters. Welcome, new challenger, Christian Ashley. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. It's always nice to be appreciated. Yeah, yeah. You are the uh, the Ganondorf of this podcast. Going back to the, main, the, so that's pretty the N64 Smash Bros, when I was so excited to unlock him and realized he's too slow for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, neither of you seem to have that problem. It's also TJ's main, which yeah. somehow is going to bring us to today's topic that has nothing to do with that, but I'm going <laughs> to use it as a segue anyway. He's a warlock. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that works. Guys, we're talking John Constantine. We're talking Hogwarts. We're talking a pretty big and wild question trying to put a DC Comics character into a Harry Potter setting, and not just any DC Comics character, maybe just the most out there one, um, John Constantine. So that being said, I've been on plenty of these what ifs that have to do with Hogwarts, because for some reason, our audience just love choosing the Harry Potter what ifs. Uh, I guess because they have too much Marvel what ifs already. So they're like, yeah, let's just stick with Harry Potter. Um, so they know they sort of know my relationship, hopefully, if not, go check out those other what if questions. Christian, what is your relationship with Harry Potter? When did you first watch it? Were you allowed to watch it as a kid? All that stuff. Well, excellent questions. Uh, it all started in fourth grade when Mr. <laughs> Dugan sat us down for a time. We would always have like a maybe in 30 minutes or so in class, we would read a chapter or two of a book. And we started with Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And it's been all uphill from there. Uh, yeah. Well, if you want to be like the filthy Brits and do it correctly, yes. I I gotta let you know. I thought you were joking when you started a story with it. All started in the fourth grade. That's incredible. Uh, oh yes. So you've and, uh, really been in this for a while. Yes. And at that point, uh, there was that whole contention of like, should we allow our Christ- our Christian children to watch and read such material? <laughs> and thankfully, my parents had mellowed out at that point. And I was allowed to go see the films Man. and read the books. Man, he was one of the lucky ones. TJ, <laughs> what was what was your relationship? I, I know your parents are usually a little bit chiller, so I assume you were allowed to watch them when they came out. Yeah, I've, I've been reading uh, the Harry Potter books since I was in like third grade. Man, they were in they were in the library. They're worth a lot of AR, which you know I wanted those points, so I started reading them. <laughs> then I read I read the first five. I think the first five six were out. Five. I think the first Crazy. five were out when I started. Then the seventh one came out. Read them all again. The seventh one. Man. Movies are good. I still haven't seen the the Deathly Hollows part two though. <laughs> That's funny. The the first ever Harry Potter anything I've seen, which you know our, our audience have heard this before, but for your benefit, was the Death of Dobby. 
I just walked into uh, my dorm room at UNCW. Chris and I went to UNCW together and uh, Zeb was finishing the movie and I just walked in and I was like, <laughs> what's that little thing dying? That's creepy looking. I thought it was hilarious and everybody was so mad at me. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't I didn't read any of the Harry Potter or anything until college. And I'm here with two Harry Potter vets, it sounds like um, for context. Christian's a year older than me, so if he started in fourth grade, I should have started in third. <laughs> but I did not. I did not. So that having Hogwarts out of the way, now we get to what I think is the, the more difficult one. What's our relationship with John Constantine? Um, for me, I didn't watch the movie or anything that came out. I, I've, uh, I've heard from DC fans that it is blasphemed to talk about. So I was like, sure, whatever. Uh, I did watch the Constantine show that was on. It, was, it wasn't originally on CW, was it? NBC, I, I think. think. Okay, yeah. And then the CW incorporated that version of Constantine into their other time travel Legends show that tomorrow. I can't remember. Legend of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen him, and then I saw some of him in Legend of Tomorrow because I just liked him so much that I continued to follow the character there. I read a couple of Hellblazer comics, not a ton. But I do, I do know some random back lore. Uh, I know that at, at some point he manipulates God into helping him because he said, if you don't, I'll go to hell. And if I'm in hell, I'll obviously trick all the demons into being my army and I'll be in charge of hell. And you don't want that, do you? And God was like, you know, that does sound like it would be a pain. Let's not let him be in charge of hell. <laughs> so he helped him so he wouldn't go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Constantine. That's that's the guy we're talking about. Um, Christian, what is your relationship to this character? <laughs> I knew him by reputation mostly as at that age myself. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to read about a person like this uh, in my yeah. comics journey. And so I didn't. So it's been a while since I've read any Hellblazer or anything like that, or any of the swamp things that he appeared in uh, <laughs> near the beginning as TJ reminded me before recording. Um, but my first real introduction to him was the Keanu Reeves movie, which I know a lot of people that's <laughs> blasphemy. And it is after having experienced what I have later on, <laughs> he does a good job in the role, but it's not Constantine on the screen. So, so I, I should not watch it. <laughs> I mean, no, it's an enjoyable movie. So okay. I would say go and watch <laughs> it, but not for your Constantine deep lore. Deep lore. Now, okay. after that, I did read a couple of the comics and I've seen them in some of the animated stuff they've done, as well as the NBC show and the Legends of, of Tomorrow. So that's where most of my Constantine knowledge comes from. Cool, cool, cool. So I can watch the movie, but don't trust it as source material for conversations like this, unless we want to upset our audience. There you go, sport. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, mm. TJ, please tell us your only introduction to Constantine is <laughs> it's that movie, because that would be hilarious at this point. Uh, no, I met him in real life. <laughs> uh, he just showed up. Oh. Now, now, TJ sure. jokes, but Alan Moore, the creator, has said he's met Constantine twice in real life. Yeah, which is oh, scary. Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, he swears. Alan Moore swears that he's met him twice. Alan Moore is an interesting, interesting fella. And this character, John Constantine, is just truly wild. I, I shared the story of him tricking God. Um, he's basically known. He's like the con artist. For a while, he was in charge of a punk rock band. Uh, he led to most of their deaths by some dumb decisions he made with an occult. Um We'll see. He, he got a little kid drugged down to hell. And then after that, he kind of just became this scarred kind of standoffish kind of character. I think that's mostly my understanding of him. Con artist, wizard, 
Uh, apparently, when he was a child, he decided he wanted to be a grown up enough. And he was like, yeah, I'm just going to take my childhood innocence and put it in a box. Managed to do that somehow. Crazy. Um, what are some of the stuff you guys know just about who is John Constantine for those who are less familiar? But uh, John Constantine comes from a long line of powerful magicians, mages, uh, and he, you know, naturally inherited their magic powers like uh, synchronicity, I think, is his main thing, is their main thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But basically, super powerful magician guy, and uh, he has to deal with demons a lot. Yeah, yeah. Con's God, Con's the devil. Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. He tricked uh, two demon lords into... So he got cancer. <laughs> he secretly sold his soul to two different devils. Oh. And when they realized it, they realized they couldn't let him die, because then they'd have to go to war over his soul. <laughs> So they had to cure his cancer. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways, the stories I hear of him remind me of like old Doctor Strange stuff, except like way darker <laughs> and way more twisted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a comic. Extremely of Doc- dark. Yeah. Doctor Strange tricked like a demon type character once in a comic I have. And this this is how not as dark it was. Uh, it was literally he couldn't figure out how to beat this thing. And then eventually it bought a hot dog and didn't use exact change. And in some rule book of dimensions or something, it says if you don't pay exact change, you're banished from this dimension forever. And that was sort of the entire comic. And it was like, oh, that was hilarious. That's uh, John Constantine tricks tend to be a little bit um, not like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll just say not like that. Uh, he's a chain smoker. That That's another big thing. Uh, you'll always see him in a trench coat with a cigarette. Uh, Christian, what are some other things? Uh, the man is a rogue, a jerk, a playboy, oh, a yeah. fine magician. <laughs> but to uh, to my Dresden files out there, he's Harry Dresden without the morals. Well, not to mm. say Constantine has no morals. He just doesn't have as much. Yeah. He is sort of the ultimate anti-hero. Like, not as in like, yeah, there's definitely heroes who are more, oh, is he on the good guy or bad guy side? But he's definitely uses the most questionable means. Yeah, I might use Satan this time to win, beat the bad guys. And it's like, okay, but Satan, really? <laughs> you know, that that's who he is, though. And we're sticking that guy in Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we are with our imagination, as SpongeBob likes to call it, thinking about what would this dark arts master con artist what would he do as the professor of dark arts at hogwarts um (laughs) one of my first things is like how on earth did hogwarts convince him to become a professor because like he doesn't like other people he doesn't really doesn't really do kids or people anymore like ever since that one incident he's like no um y'all have any good backstory for this what if like how how did he end up here i gotta think they went to the Whomping Willow for help, and the Whomping Willow was like, oh, I know a guy, talked to Swamp Thing, and then Swamp Thing was, you know, had to help convince Constantine <laughs> to get in as, you know, the dark, Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. Christian, do you have, a, do you have I, any other ideas of how he ended up here? That's about as good as anything I've got. I was trying to think, like, it would it have been involved with a woman? Like, what woman would have been? Like, not McGonagall, maybe Trelawney. He would have been like, yeah. I'm interested in her, so I'm going to like pose as a teacher to get with her. Man, I, I have a my 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 theory is even darker. <laughs> <laughs> my theory is is more 
he found out that someone out there was able to partition off their soul to different Ooh. objects. And he realized that he can't go to hell unless all of his soul comes with him. So if he can figure out how to do that, he's just going to portion off his soul all over the place and maybe sell parts of it because he doesn't really need a soul. He's John Constantine. You know, maybe he has some other agenda that if he realizes he can sell part of his soul to some other demon that he can get the power he needs to do whatever his next mission is, because he's very much uh, objection first. He is in the he is to the most extreme a um, pragmatician. You know, if it end result is what he wants, he'll do it. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah maybe it could seem right up his alley. Yeah. Although I do really like the, <laughs> the Whomping Willow story. Yeah. It's a lot more more Harry Potter, a lot more whimsical. Yeah. Well, I know uh, if Swamp Thing asked him to do something, he would do it. Really? Does That's he like just like, is friend. he just, <laughs> I was like, is he just that tight with Swamp Thing? Yeah. He, I know he invited Swamp Thing to his 40th birthday party. That's fantastic. All right. So now then I have to ask, uh, and it might depend on which story we're going with, but how does John Constantine does he foil Voldemort's plan? Does he care about Voldemort at all? Does his existence impact Voldemort's storyline in the books at all? Only if we go with your story. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Honestly, I see I see him looking at Voldemort as a little beneath him, unless he knows <laughs> Voldemort has that knowledge of the Horcruxes, if we're going with this AU here, yeah. of him wanting to get into that. And then he would definitely infiltrate the Death Eaters in some way to try and gain access to this knowledge as best as possible just so yeah. he could screw Voldemort over. He's definitely not on <laughs> his side and he's definitely yeah, not no. on Hogwarts side either. Yeah, no. Uh, so what's funny is I, I could see him making a difference, whether it be for my backstory or TJ's, but not for not for the women. Sorry, Christian. I, I don't think <laughs> okay. I think he really just values. The, yeah, he just values them for uh, what he can get out of them, basically. Uh, I don't think he is actually trying to help in any way in that scenario. Um, in my scenario, yeah, I think you guys are right. He He's so concerned about getting the power for himself. He's definitely going to screw over Voldemort in the meantime, just because he can, you know, not really anti Voldemort or anything. Just, yeah, you know what? As long as I'm learning how to do this, let me screw over this guy. Um, I think with TJ's version, actually, though, I think if he's doing it because Swamp Thing asked him, he might actually be trying to teach the kids in his own way. And that might make an impact. The kids actually being prepared, because you got to think all of their, depending on when we're saying he became the professor of the dark arts, the first like what, four books, the bad guy is always whoever became the professor of dark arts that time. Yeah. So if they were able to have an actual professor who wasn't working for the bad guys, even if he's not like a true hero, they might have been better off fighting Voldemort. <laughs> I, I thought of a better one. Okay. So you know how there's the curse on the defense of the dark arts department because Voldemort wanted to be the professor. And so every time they have a new professor, they only last for a year. He knows this and says, hey, screw that. I'm going to be the one that breaks the curse. <laughs> Just because he can. Yes. Proof of point. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. So he's there long enough that, that the kids actually learn something. Yes. But I think the problem is like. I have a hard time picturing him teaching against the dark arts unless he's teaching dark arts against the dark arts. Here's how you use this dark arts to beat that dark arts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of his teaching would be stage magic. Yeah. Yeah. Just I can see that. <laughs> that's what he knows. That's what he really knows. Yeah, Check this out. <laughs> that's funny. So. So that does bring to the next question, though. How would he impact the students? Like what influence would he have? 
And I immediately go to the um, the Weasley brothers. Who am I thinking of? The twins? Yeah. Uh, George or Fred. Yeah. I, I could see him having a liking to them for some reason. Like, just be like, hmm, mischief, con. Hey, guys, let me show you some things. Like, I could see <laughs> him actually showing them some things. And I don't know if it would either make them more dangerous against Voldemort, because now they know how to, like, use tricks as weapons, basically. <laughs> Or if it would just make their products just all the more outrageous because he's like, hey, guess what? You could sneak a demon into this toy. Now then, <laughs> you know, like, because I, I don't think the Weasley brothers really have a limit to how far they're willing to go for a prank. So I think if he's enabling them, it, their pranks could get way worse. <laughs> yeah. As a prank, they kill Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> you don't tell anybody. Just a prank, I bro. Think- <laughs> I think that's a that's now the Kata. That's what if the episode is over. <laughs> Constantine goes, you know, what? I'm going to show these two idiots how to kill Voldemort and do it in such a way that no one ever knows. So they keep looking for him. Yeah. What a good break. Yeah. But I, I could definitely see him trying to teach them like telepathy, how to summon demons, that kind of thing. <laughs> you definitely Not ideal would- for your student body to learn. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. You mean all the students, so not just the Weasley brothers. No. Okay. Do you agree that he would have a special liking to them, or is that just know, like absolutely. my brain? <laughs> he's not. He's not like a, a goofster. He's not. He's not a little yeah. jokester. Yeah, but I think he, he would enable other chaos. people. Yeah, just for the sake of chaos, I could see him enabling them. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to think of how he would re- interact with our main trio. Oh I yeah, think I guess they exist too. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't care about them at all. I mean, because you know Hermione would not be very happy with him not following the rules of how they're supposed to be taught. No, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't have too much of an interest in Ron. No, not at all. And Harry, if he ever learns that Harry is a Horcrux, depending on which AU version we're using here, that's that's bad for Harry. Yeah, you know, I actually could see, I could see him just siphoning off that part of Voldemort's soul off of Harry. And just being like, hmm, I'm going to save this. Because, he, you know, he collects things. I can see him just be like, hmm, dark wizard soul. Yeah, I want one of those. <laughs> he just throws off the entire movie just because he's like, I'm going to collect that. And now there's no need for Harry to die at all. <laughs> yeah, but he still would, though. Yeah, he still would. But he probably wouldn't come back. <laughs> no, not this time. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what Voldemort, he's changing. When yeah. Harry dies, he just dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Voldemort can't fully come back until he defeats John Constantine because John Constantine decided to keep part of his soul as a prize. So Voldemort just doesn't come back. <laughs> That's it. The end. <laughs> All because John Constantine was like, ah, oh, this seems like a cool thing to keep in my closet. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. If, if he did make a difference, it sounds like it would only be either by accident or by jest. <laughs> like, uh, you know, accidentally just showing the Weasleys how to defeat Voldemort because it's funny. <laughs> Uh, taking part of the soul because, ah, you know, I want this. <laughs> Something like that. It would not be because he's like, hey, guys, look, I could defeat Voldemort. No, he doesn't care. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So then this is my other question. If whatever backstory we go with, he's teaching children and around children for a year. How does it impact him? Because, you know, after everything with the with the daughter who was drugged down, to, not his daughter, but the girl that was drugged down to hell because of him, it was very standoffish. Does he warm up to anybody because of these characters? Do they like touch his heart or some like, di- like I'm assuming we don't assume a Disney ending because that doesn't seem like a John Constantine thing at all. But do they influence him at all? I don't know if they'll influence him as such. You know, 
as much as they'd influence others, but I think he'll definitely come back for the Battle of Hogwarts. Mm. Wait, he would definitely have come to help. Oh, just because he's he's like associated with them now? Yeah. Or it could also be because of the trauma he has. Like he's traumatized by the fact that he let that girl go to hell. So yeah. he's, he's definitely not going to let any of these people die. Yeah. Which actually might mean in the final battle where all those people die in the last book, most of them don't die because John Constantine's there. And he's like, nope, never again. Yeah. yeah we're also working with two very different magic systems here as well. Extremely. Yeah. I mean, that's the harder I mean, part. Really? His, his magic is way more advanced than most of what we're going to see. And, you know, our Harry Potter canon. Yeah. So that throws a huge wrench into this. It's like, he's going to be seen as a hot commodity wherever he goes. Like people are definitely going to want to use and abuse what he has. Oh yeah. 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 Especially for the final battle. And Constantine is standing in the entryway, <laughs> drawing a, the biggest magic circle you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was just flicking wands. <laughs> that was the other thing I contemplated. I was like, you know, everybody else is like blasting red or green back at each other. And John Constantine's like, Hold up, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure this demon owes me a favor. Could you just like take Voldemort down to hell? That'd be cool. <laughs> what an ending. Voldemort just straight up gets drugged to hell by a demon. Yeah. Hey, not much he could do about it. Yeah. Nope. Uh, uh, sorry, demon. Pardon me still up there. Too bad. Constantine can do like the, the full counter thing from Seven Deadly Sins. He just reflects all damage that he's taken. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, it really just doesn't seem like it would be very fair at all. And that's about the battle he wants to fight. He doesn't want to be in a fair fight. No, no. me neither. <laughs> I, I feel him 100%. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cheat to win. Yeah. Not, not like a friendly bout, you know, of a board game we're playing, but like we're fighting. <laughs> like, you bring a knife, I'm bringing a gun. I think yeah, it's funny that Christian trying. Christian's played Killer Bunnies with me and still thinks there's a friendly fight about uh, board games. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely wild. That's a bit cutthroat. Yeah, I that played Killer sense. Bunnies. What's that like? For those who don't know, TJ and I have a long history of Killer <laughs> Bunnies where, where I think right now he is the reigning champ. Actually, I think I won last time, but you definitely won for an entire year, so I just can't claim champ. I agree. At the moment. <laughs> yeah, until I win for an entire year. Although I don't think I lost this year. I don't think we played this year. I don't think so either. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I'm with John Constantine. Do they let him smoke his cigarette while teaching in the classroom? I don't think they can stop him. <laughs> Not if McGonagall's around. She may be the one counter. The one counter. Yeah. I think it's still lit, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's definitely going to light one as soon as she leaves the room. Yeah. I think he's just yeah, going to slide a hand for the whole time she's in his presence. Oh, that's true. He definitely can do that. <laughs> God, that's just that's too funny. Yeah, what? Yeah, that's just true. I didn't think about that. What is his relationship to the to the other professors? Are like any that he gets along with or just despises? No. How do you think uh, he feels about Snape? Probably think yeah. Snape is a poser. <laughs> yeah, he probably calls him that even. Like, probably just his nickname for Snape in the hall. So he's a hey, poser. <laughs> I would yeah. not be surprised at that at all. Yeah, that sounds right. He's kind of a, for those who don't know, John Constantine's a little bit of a douche in the best way. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's getting along with the faculty. <laughs> not, not Dumbledore, not any. Definitely not any of the ghosts. <laughs> no. He he might take one of the ghosts with him for fun. But I don't even see that. I, I can see him taking part of a soul because it's part of a dark wizard soul. And how cool is it to say I have that? I don't think he wants a ghost. No. Yeah. I don't think he has any desire. He's going um, to see Trelawney as a fraud. 
<laughs> who's only yep. has two successful predictions, if I remember yeah. correctly. And he can, uh, he does know divination. Yeah. So he'll call he, he her out on that all the time. <laughs> he predicted Ronald Reagan's assassination attempt. Oh, yeah. I remember that. He knew who did it. Well, by the way, <laughs> this guy's going to. God, that's crazy. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, they're all okay. beneath him. Yeah, every, I'm every single off one. The professors I can remember off my head, and it does not end well for the other ones. So, this is a, this is a what if within the what if. So let's assume just free reign. Any house is available. Which house is he the head of? Ravenclaw. Ooh, I was more inclined to think that too. I feel like most people would say Slytherin, and I can see that because you know Slytherin's whole thing is get it done no matter what. But just because of his of how intelligent he is. And like how, like, I mean, he tricked God, you know, I feel yeah, like well, he belongs think, in Ravenclaw. <laughs> and, a, and a lot of his earlier comic books, I know he doesn't use magic that much. He That's just even funnier. Outsmarts his enemies. That's beautiful. Although I mean, part of I'm Slytherin gonna, is being conniving, conniving. Yeah, I, I'm torn between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. And yeah. my dark horse pick would be Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff. just because it, he would think it would be immensely funny for people to underestimate him if he joined the house. Yeah. Or he'd be like, oh, I thought it was Huff and Puff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, mean, I could oh, see someone making the argument for Gryffindor, but that would be no, very that's flimsily. Wrong. They are based. false. <laughs> yeah, no. Because uh, uh, I'll I, go with Slytherin since you guys went with uh, Ravenclaw. Well, really, at the end of the day, it's up to whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. I think if sure, he's so able to choose. Whichever one he wants to be in, that's where the sorting hat's going to put him. Oh, yeah. I think that if he's able to choose. In. Christian definitely has a point. He would probably do Hufflepuff because it'd be funny for everybody to think he's just nothing. Um, <laughs> and because I do think he would make the Huff and Puff joke. Um, but I think if the hat was put on him for some reason, it would probably let him choose between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. Like it let uh, Harry choose between Slytherin and Gryffindor. Yeah. 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 And it seems right. <sighs> OK, so so we have that. Oh, wait, did we ever go to like how the kids would influence him other than him just showing up for the final battle. Yeah. Does it? No, that's it. That's it. That's, that's all it would do. <laughs> now we, we talked about how he would interact with them. Like maybe which ones would have an effect, but I mean, at the end of the day, I don't see any of them really having that much of an effect on him outside of him seeing his, them as extensions of himself. Therefore I will protect you yeah. in this final battle. Like, like a because narcissist it kind of thing. Yeah. I think the only one I could see getting to him at all in like a, like a, feely kind of way i don't think he would sense have any kind of feelings towards harry hermione or ron even a little bit the weasley brothers i still think i stand by him enabling them because it's funny but i don't think other than that like just his own entertainment no attachment i could see though when he's discovered when malfoy starts to kind of have a change of heart in the last book i could see that moment kind of clicking something for john constantine because malfoy is dark like him, you know, doesn't care about anything. So I could see him kind of seeing that change of heart and pondering. I don't think it would be like a Disney. Oh, I should change too or anything like that. But I could see him seeing, Oh, I could change too. And it might just be like a half a second ponder and that's it. <laughs> but I think if anybody was, it would be that Draco at that point in the books, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Anytime before then he's going to fall in the poser no. category with Snape. Yep. yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, Snape's really? turn might do something, but probably not. Yeah. Snape deciding to die. I, I could see I could see him going on a long rant on how that was the stupidest thing and you didn't need to do that. And there were so many other ways out. And, and, and I think it would bother him so much that he 
didn't find a way out and instead chose to sacrifice. And I think that could maybe make him ponder. Again, I still think the best we're going to get at with any of these are, are, are him pondering whether he was doing the right thing or not. <laughs> like, I don't think he's going to have a sudden change of heart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Do y'all have any other hypotheses, theories, wild, just, you know, I think he'd randomly be really good friends with Hagrid. <laughs> Almost definitely not. No. <laughs> I think Hagrid is too pure. I think he would just, just simply avoid Hagrid. You know, he might respect the way Hagrid controls and looks after the animals on the magical side of things. But as far as like, you know, being buddy, buddy, no, no. Yeah, no. Okay. Final question for TJ, mm. the, the, the expert of all beverages, the host of drinks with Tejas on our Patreon channel. Make sure you go over there and check it out, guys. TJ, which drink would John Constantine drink if he were to go to Hogwarts? You know, we got, um, your fireball, what, what's it's not called fireball. What's it called in there? Whatever. Butter beer. You got butter beer, wizard's brew. What's he? What's he picking? Uh, well, he's pumpkin probably, juice. He's probably got his flask, and he's probably still just drinking cognac or brandy. <laughs> um, but he has to pick but one of yes. the Harry Potter drinks. <laughs> no, he does not. Tell him that. I dare you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I, I think personally. I think he would do the the version of Fireball that's there because it literally lit people's mouths on fire, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe I can see. I'm it. trying to. I'm trying to find the name of it. Give me a second. Fire whiskey. Wow, that was so simple. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see him choosing fire whiskey because it literally lit people's mouths on fire, and it's whiskey. Maybe, but, maybe. But I think he's choosing wrong. Wizard's Brew was better. He should have tried that. Idiot. <laughs> We can make up a we can we could call call our made up versions of characters names, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Until he shows right. up to meet you as he has to Alan Moore and TJ, apparently. Yeah. If I see him downtown again, I'm going to tell him. Uh, don't you dare. <laughs> you know, what? I'll just hand him some whiskey and I think he'll he'll be OK with it. He'll get over it. Oh, yeah, OK. All right, guys. Well, then it with that, this is uh, a shorter what if uh, primarily because John Constantine would make short work of most things, especially the wizard world. We're talking about a guy who goes up against God and Satan himself. So uh, snake face isn't going to do much, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, so going into our wrap up guys, what is one recommendation for people to geek out on, whether it's related to this or not, that you would throw to our audience, DJ gamers. I've been what? playing the Mass Effect Legendary Edition again. Yeah. Hmm. If you hmm. haven't played Mass Effect still, play it now. If hmm. you have a PlayStation, it's free this month. Man. You know, I'm going to do a weird one. I'm going to do a really weird one. I was going to do a normal one and change my mind. My dad, for Christmas, got a game that was like Ring of Power or Ring Fitness or something for the Switch. And it ring looked fit, so it. stupid. It looked so dumb. Cause like you have a ring and you like squeeze and stretch and then it's like you're doing different yoga poses to beat up the bad guys. I'm like, dad, this is dumb. Well, I played it today. Guys, it, it was actually a lot of fun, especially like the little mini games and stuff. There's like smash the robots. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. and I was like, yeah, you know what? I look stupid as hell right now, but this was great. <laughs> so that's going to be my recommendation. If you have a switch as dumb as it may look, ring fitness is great. <laughs> Christian, what is your recommendation today? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, my recommendation is to not do what I've been doing the past three days 
and modding the heck out of Skyrim again for the <laughs> 200th time and then dealing with the new SKSC updates I have to do and mm-hmm. make sure I have all the files correctly. Oh, like this version works with this. This version doesn't work with this. So as someone who's very model literate, don't do what I'm doing, but do play Skyrim. Yeah, I, uh, I've i actively been trying not to buy the Switch version because of TJ. Like, I just have it in my head that I'm wronging TJ somehow if I continue to support new versions of Skyrim because they won't make the next Elder Scrolls. Please stop <laughs> buying Elder Scrolls Five. I want to play <laughs> Hammerfell. Yeah, I, so I agree. But the moment Hammerfell comes out, TJ, I'm buying Skyrim on the Switch. That's fine. <laughs> What's the All right. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, guys, if you want to hear more from myself, Christian, or TJ, you can go to systematicgeekology.org, hit the host tab. All of our names are there. You should be able to click on them and see all the episodes that we're a part of. Check it out. You can also let us know what you've been geeking out on, what you think we should be geeking out on, and check out the SG store on the same website. All worth it. There's a lot of fun merch over there. Slowly but surely, half of the merch is just going to be quotes from TJ. They're all entertaining. And that being said... We need you to do one other thing for us, and remember that we're all the chosen people, a geekdom of priest. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.